They just came on now. Let's try to get closer to the stage. Sorry. Excuse me. Do you want to go on my shoulders? Yeah, that'd be unreal. Thanks. Wow. Three celebrates connections made by music this summer. Find out more at 3.ae forward slash music. The following podcast has been rated R because we say fuck a lot. What's the big deal? It doesn't hurt anybody. Fuck, 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 fuck. Parental guidance is suggested. Hi, this is Uwe Ball. If you want to help support the podcast on this network, go to rogueintel.com. Thank you and go fuck yourself. TableReadsPodcast.com Lights, camera, action. When a script is written that is so bad that no one will film it, two men will bring it to life just so they can mock it. This is Table Reads. So the movie's a good part, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Table Reads. With Sean McBee and Trevor Thompson. With special guest, Kelly Levier. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Kelly. Yes, we should. Let's let's welcome Kelly. Kelly said that was very loud. It was. It was very loud. That's true. Um So <laughs> we were not we didn't post a, a podcast last week. Yeah, it, uh, I blame I blame myself. I blame Obama? Yeah. Why? Uh, uh I just feel like it's been a while since anyone was able to blame him for stuff. Yeah. So, you know, let's let's throw that out there. You're nostalgic for people blaming Obama for absolutely I'm for- I'm the nostalgic for for anything <clears throat> prior to January twentieth, twenty seventeen. I'm <laughs> not gonna lie. But uh we we had a, a scheduling conflict. We couldn't all uh get here and uh, and and do uh, other stuff that was needed in our lives. So uh, we skipped that week, and I posted on Facebook that everyone should just watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit in preparation for our continuing this. So hopefully they've done that, and now they'll appreciate this even more. Or hate this more? What did you say, Kelly? I should did turn. anyone reply to that message? No. No. <laughs> I've, I've, I've had very little interaction from people on well, on the Facebooks, I have on the a, Twitters. I have a positive uh, interaction on Facebook about this, but I'm going to save it for a very crucial point, which will be the end of the script. So, I don't know if it's this episode or next, but there's some some good news. Oh well, good. Um, so let's. Uh, well, before we get started, I just wanted to give a shout out to the guys over at RogueIntel.com, the podcast network. That houses us because they love us for some reason. I don't know. I still don't know why. I think that they love you and Jimmy, and they they're all they right. they tolerate you yeah, grudgingly. That's true. That's, and they, they love, love Kelly. They love Kelly. They definitely they, love Kelly. They and nobody else remembers Mark. So you know, Mark exactly. <laughs> his his last name is actually spelled with a question mark. I don't know who you're talking about. His name, what's his last name? Whatever his last name is, like Johnson. It's not Mark Johnson's, it's Mark Johnson. He's a question mark. He's, who is Mark? 
whatever the fucking guy was that was here once. <laughs> oh, Danny. Oh, Danny. I thought his name was Mark. He looked like a Mark. He's no. ma- it's Mark. He may it's, as well be Mark. It's Danny. It was Danny. Um, Danny, Mark, Jake. But, but that does reinforce your, My your, point, your yeah. point that uh, no one remembers him. You don't even remember his name. No. So uh, anyway, not. yeah, uh, go check out RogueIntel.com. Listen to some of the other podcasts over there. There's a new one called Fad Tabulous. Yeah. Um, and it's about fads uh, <clears throat> of the past when fads, you know, can be viewed as fads and not, you know, like the hot new thing. You know what is a fad? Otherwise is, known as a trend. Yeah. You know what is a really big fad, though? The name Mark. I think Danny should consider changing his name. So uh, let's find out what happened. <laughs> Previously on Table Reads. Table Read. Fuck. So on his 18th birthday, young Roger Rabbit learned that he was a rabbit. And <laughs> I'm a, a man now. And a tune and adopted. So he promptly set okay off for Roger. <laughs> yeah. He promptly set off to find his birth mother and his roots. Um, making a new friend uh, very promptly upon setting out on his journey, uh, Richie, who he traveled to Los Angeles and Hollywood with. Um, they're now roommates. They've gotten into some shenanigans. Uh, Roger has met and pretty much already fallen in love with the woman who will be known as Jessica Rabbit. Um, Richie is dating Jessica's girlfriend and... While Roger has yet to get into show business, we know that'll come at some point. Richie, however, has just landed his first role, a one-line role in something where he plays a scared guy. And as we left off, he was walking into the studio for his first uh, day as as a professional actor. And uh, it happened to be on a fateful day of December 7th. 1941. Fade in. Exterior, Hollywood Street. Day. A crowded sidewalk in front of a greasy spoon. A sign on the window reads, Mom's Coffee Shop. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) We're reading ahead. (laughs) I'm not reading ahead. My brain is reading ahead. Okay. Like, I think I know where this is going already. Okay. A sign, um, Mom's Coffee Shop. After a beat, the door opens, and Roger, holding his photograph, is thrown out by a huge tattooed cook wearing a greasy apron over his T-shirt. I just wanted to know who Mom was. I'm Mom. <laughs> he slams the door. Roger sighs, carefully picks up his picture, and sits on the curb, depressed. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. He saw Mom's Coffee Shop and just thought... Name mom. I found her. <laughs> Mom's in there. <laughs> I love that some cartoon they 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 understand that some cartoon humor is just literal. Yeah. <laughs> Roger's POV: a truck parked across the street. Its trailer is high enough so we can see the bottom halves of the people walking behind it. We see a large pair of toon rabbit feet and a polka dot dress moving with the crowd. Roger reacts. Looks at his photograph. It's the same dress. He looks back up at the feet, waiting for them to clear the truck. Angle. Across the street. There is no dialogue for like a million years. <laughs> oh, no. Holy shit. Well, no. They're like the rest of the page. There's dialogue. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking direction. Hold on a second. I got to get a drink of this. Sean's got to lube up first. Hold on. There we go. 
angle across the street. The side of the truck reads, Buena Vista Room Partitions. We divide and conquer. (laughs) A couple of delivery guys emerge from the back of the open truck and carry a large room divider down the sidewalk, continuing to conceal the top half of the pedestrian. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Angle, Roger, who dashes across the street, skirting a number of cars. The angry drivers ad lib, Goddamn tune and go back to Toontown. Roger, look. Not in my neighborhood. <laughs> Roger looks down the block. We see a pair of rabbit ears in the distance, sticking up in the middle of a sea of people making their way down the sidewalk. Exterior, street, day. As Roger struggles to catch up, a large part of the crowd, with the ears in its midst, turns a corner. Roger dodges his way in and out of the traffic, trying to get closer. Exterior, bus stop, day. Roger tears around the corner just in time to see the crowd he was following alighting onto a bus. Not a red car? No. He catches up, only to have it drive away, leaving Roger wheezing in in its exhaust fumes. Undaunted, (laughs) he runs after it as it rumbles down the block. Interior, soundstage, day. Dozens of of technicians, grips, etc. Those those are all the crew positions I know. Yeah. I'm a writer. I'm never on set. I don't know. Uh, Are preparing for Richie's scene. The prison set comprises a corridor and several jail cells. At the end of the corridor, there is a small room with an electric chair. Richie sits on the bottom of a bunk bed in prison garb, getting a final touch-up from the makeup woman and the director. A middle-aged, harried type hovers over him. As the director... A middle-aged, hairy type hovers over him. You be the director. All right. You're sitting on the bed and Father Feeney walks by. He says, How's it going, kid? You say your line. And remember, it's death row. You scared? Yes, sir. Okay, let's do this! The director crosses back towards his chair, then reacts as a phalanx of smartly-dressed studio executives approaches, headed by Mr. Greenblatt. An imposing-looking man in his fifties. <laughs> Mr. Greenblatt, what an unexpected pleasure! Who's that guy? That's you, dollface. Makeup woman. Kelly. You guys are glitching. Ah, uh, criminy. Oh uh, no. Criminy. Sorry. Hold on. You're not glitching though. Yeah, so you, you can sound. Read your you line. sound fine. That's my cute The face. head of the studio. That's what happens when you're two weeks behind schedule. Richie reacts. This is his big chance and he knows it. <laughs> you know what? Let me turn off our camera. Maybe that will yeah. keep us from glitching. Yeah, she doesn't need to see us. She would prefer not I'm to, sure. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, the luxury of not having to be here. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to beat. Oh, believe yeah. me. There's definite, there's definite beating going on here. Knowing, like, doing this remotely and knowing that she isn't here is, like, the whole purpose of doing this, I think. It's, you know, it's different when you're outliving your life and you're not here, but when, like, you are actually, like, participating in something and actively not there, I'm sure she loves that. I'd like to outlive my life. Yeah, what's that like? (laughs) <laughs> you're out, you said outliving your life I was like how do you outlive your life <laughs> you I'll be run. here all week folks You gotta run real fast <laughs> Well I can't do it then Superman you know Okay uh, exterior Paramount Studios gate Day the bus pulls up in front Letting off the bulk of its passengers 
Roger runs around the corner at the end of the block, sees the dozens of people filing through the gate. He runs after them, passing the guard, who's busy giving directions to a delivery truck. Angle favoring bus. Roger runs through the gate as the bus starts moving. As it pulls away, we see the pair of ears appear in the back window. Exterior, Paramount lot, day. Cars, trucks, carts, and people are going in every direction. Roger runs up to the commissary entrance, looking everywhere for the ears. He turns around, spots a wardrobe cart. Making its way toward a soundstage in the distance, whoever's pushing the cart is hidden on the other side of the prison costumes that hang on it, but suddenly we see a glimpse of a blue and yellow polka dot dress (gasps) fluttering in the breeze. I know who that is. The cart moves through the large side door of the stage and Roger bolts in after it, just as the huge door slides closed. Interior, soundstage, day. Richie closes his eyes, takes a breath, excited, expectant. We hear a buzzer, and the assistant director starts barking orders. Oh. Why don't be the assistant? Oh, not set. We're rolling. We are rolling. No walking. No talking. Angle corner of stage, where we. You know, I I miss the whole quiet on the set thing. Yeah. On a real movie set, all you get is. Kring! Yeah. <laughs> and then after the scene, you get. The other thing that doesn't ever happen is action and cut. <laughs> well, I mean, the director does say those, but they don't get shouted. Yeah, it's like, it's like all right, action. But no one ever goes, lights! Yeah, like in the beginning of the show. <laughs> no one ever does that. Well, because when you're setting up a movie set, when you say lights, three hours later, the lights are done. <laughs> exactly. It's not like the lights are just sitting there powered down, you know. All right, this this better get happy because the music just went really. Oh my god, you just spit all over me. I'm sorry, Jesus. Some tea went down. The it's wrong a street. hell of a fucking you know st- mood changer that music. You coughed up on me. <laughs> um, Richie closes his eyes, takes a breath, excited, expectantly. Oh, buzzer. Yeah, already read that. Okay, come on. <laughs> Angle corner of stage where we find you, Roger. You come on yourself. <laughs> Where we find Roger, who looks around, craning his neck, finally spotting the wardrobe cart near the set. He catches another glimpse of the dress, starts running for it. (laughs) Art! Speed! Action! And the scene begins. Extras move up and down the prison corridor. An actor, playing Father Feeney, stops at different cells, greets other characters. Hey, Spike! Hiya, Mick. <laughs> he passes Richie's cell and turns to him. I was fully expecting Mr. Feeney from, like, Boy Meets World, and you went to Irish. <laughs> Where are you going, Mr. Matthews? <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Matthews? Mr. Matthews? Blah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> the one time we actually laughed at that show, yeah. I think it was. <laughs> um, he passes Richie's cell and turns to him. How's it going, kid? Richie looks up, takes in a breath, ready to speak, just as Roger races up to the cart and, filled with jubilation, pulls the costumes that hang on it apart. Mother! (laughs) The costumes separate to reveal who's wearing the dress. An older wardrobe woman, quite human, and scared out of her wits. Eek. This is why we have Kelly for these hard-hitting lines. We couldn't have done that. There's no way we could have done that. She's very tired. I'm sorry. Can I want? Can you do the eek again so I can do Roger right after it? I mean, I can't really be loud. My roommate. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, do the eek. You again. can do it the same way. Just do it the same way. Eek, eek. 
Richie is frozen with the line right on the edge of his tongue. Roger panics. To, oh my god, look at this giant chunk of for an, direction. For an god. animated movie, it's very wordy. <laughs> <laughs> Roger panics, turns on his heels and starts running, tripping on a cable and landing on a camera dolly, which zips him right into the middle of the set. (laughs) He grabs the boom mic. The boom man reacts and tries to pull it out of the way. Only Roger clings to it, and it sails around in a full circle. People duck out of the way as Roger lets go and crashes headfirst into a set of prison bars. He thrashes around, but his head is wedged, and in trying to get free, he rips a whole set of the metal bars out of the wall and starts backpedaling out of control. He runs into two light poles and drops onto the electric chair. One spotlight <laughs> falls on his head. The other falls into the bar, onto the bar, sending sparks flying and shocking Roger, who quivers and smokes from the jolt, still sitting on the chair. The shock catches the rear of his pants on fire, and he flies about 20 feet off the ground, then hits the ground running again. The light still on his head, and the tail of his overalls in flames. The studio executives and the director follow all of this, and the cameraman shoots all of this. <laughs> they crane their heads as Roger, his head covered and, the, and trailing black smoke, runs up one wall of the huge soundstage, runs halfway across the ceiling on a catwalk, collides with a technician, bounces off of him, gets tangled in some cables, falls and proceeds to swing the length of the stage, letting out a panicked Tarzan-type yelp. On the upward swing, he smashes into the ceiling again and now falls straight down, landing with an off-screen crash directly onto the jail set, where, on the cut... We find his feet sticking up and out of the twisted cot and mattress that he landed on directly across from Richie's. Richie sits, still frozen, as if he was still about to deliver his line. Everyone else just stands there, dumbstruck. Finally, Greenblatt turns to one of his minions. He should have just written, like, Roger does a Tex Avery moment with everything in the room. Greenblatt turns to one of his minions. Does Disney know about this guy? His aide shrugs. If not, we just found ourselves a star. Sign him up. Another angle. The director crosses to the jail cell, leans over Roger's feet. Congratulations. Go over to building one for your contract. Turns to crew. Okay, that's a wrap here. Let's move to this cut. I'm sorry. Let's move to the cell riot scene in the back lot. A wrap? What do you mean a wrap? I didn't even say my... Sorry, kid. The set's a wreck. We'll probably cut the scene anyway. Maybe next time funny guy should be a big star the director walks away richie turns to roger who has managed to extricate his head from what's left of the metal cot (laughs) richie so how'd it go (laughs) Uh, can you draw out the go say it one more time and draw out the go because i i I know you can what do you mean like Like, so how'd it go okay okay give me a give me a pop sound uh when it gets pulls his head out of there Richie, so, how'd it go? That's Roger. (laughs) Exterior soundstage, day. The door is pushed open and Roger bursts out with a crazed Richie right on his tail. But I thought I saw my mother. Dead! I want you dead! (laughs) Can we discuss this like two human beings? Yeah, after I kill you! You know... I'm liking the script, man. I feel like Richie would have said, like, you're not a human being. You're just a dirty, low-down, rotten, 
cartoon, you yeah. fucking ink smudge. Yeah. Because Richie kind of is a little bit of a racist. He, he is, yeah, yeah. And that was definitely always a theme with, with Roger Rabbit, you know, was, was racism. I mean, the ink and paint club, you know. Tune review, strictly humans only. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Jim Crow club. It absolutely is. And it's, I, I've, I don't... Uh, no, I'm sorry, it's a, it's a Heckle and Jekyll club. <laughs> I was going to say, they actually were... <laughs> They were this. They they didn't do it, but before the penguins were the waiters, they actually were going to have crow waiters. Brilliant. <laughs> Exterior movie set day. A western gunfight is being filmed. Cowboys and Indians are shooting at each other at a covered wagon roundup as Roger races by with Richie in pursuit, prompting looks from technicians and actors. Interior studio commissary day. By the way, I want to say that I think this is the episode people are going to remember where Kelly, they're just like, she really shines in this one. Yeah. I'm sorry, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, this is my big debut. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's not. As Roger pulls open the door and runs in, Richie follows him into the dining area, where Roger arrives at a large round table. Richie stops at the other end. You tune son of a bitch! I'm going to turn you inside out! I can do that for you! Roger moves a bit to his right, then his left, and Richie does too. They continue maneuvering for a few beats. Would you stand still for Christ's sakes? But Richie, I didn't mean to wreck your career. I swear it! I don't care. I want you! I mean, exactly how do you mean that? Richie, listen to me. I just want to say one thing, and then you can do whatever you want. Richie gives him a look, then calms down a little. Okay, what? When I'm a big star, I'll get you I'll get you your line back. Without missing a beat, Richie leaps across the table, <laughs> grabbing Roger by the throat. The, ta- the table collapses and the two of them end up on the ground. Richie pins Roger beneath him and begins to strangle him, whacking his head on the floor. Stop it! Stop it, Richie! You're killing me! Keeps choking him. Really? No, but you seem to be enjoying yourself. Oh, Richie's... I'm sorry, sorry, I'm doing it again. It's his regular voice. Oh, yeah. Really? No, but you seem to really be enjoying yourself. Richie stops, <laughs> exasperated. You mean to take? You mean to tell me you could have taken your hands out of those cuffs at any time? No, not at any time. Only when it was funny. <laughs> um. Richie stops, exasperated. Great. I'm trying to kick the crap out of a tune. Yeah, why don't you save it for the Japs? <laughs> okay, so that's uh, that's a, that was a, a random waiter saying that, and that wasn't just me saying that. And I'm guessing that's because he has seen the news, and Richie's going to be confused because yeah. he doesn't know what's happening in the world on this yeah. particular day. Yeah. Day that'll live in infamy. Richie reacts, looks around, and realizes that the tables are deserted. There are unfinished meals, cigarettes still burning in ashtrays. Over in the corner, we see a large group of people crowded around a radio speaker on the wall. Another angle, as Richie and Roger cross over to the corner. The mood is grim, and what they hear explains why. All right. Remember, 1940s radio guy. Initial reports, place the aisle. I'm sorry. Initial reports place the size of the first wave of Japanese bombers at 300 planes, the second wave 150. Casualty reports from Barrel Harbor are sporadic. However, from the reports of widespread destruction, no one here appears optimistic. A young guy about Richie's age. That was pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, turns to him as the report continues. I'm old, Kelly. I'm from that time. <laughs> That's true. You are archaic. Mm. 
Uh, turns to him as the report continues. Guess we're in it now, aren't we? <laughs> he tried to say our archaic. <laughs> Exterior, studio commissary, day. People start filing out the door. Richie walks toward the front gate with a few guys who are about his age, and Roger, who tags along behind him. So, how about it? We gonna sign up, ship out? If we go to boot, if we go to boot camp, I take a 17 triple E. Richie stops, turns to him, speaks quietly. I'm going back to the apartment to pack my things. After that, I don't ever want to see you again. Richie continues walking, leaving Roger standing alone. Interior, Mutual Radio Studios, day. A news announcer sits in a booth, reading wire copy as we see people filing up and down the corridor through the glass behind him. After a beat, Jessica and Wendy pass. Tomorrow, 9 a.m., same voice. Yeah, dude, okay. they all sound the yeah, same. Yeah, that's true. They're the, all the same guy. There was only one news the, announcer the, in the 1940s. The transatlantic accent. All right. Tomorrow, 9 a.m., the president will address a joint session of Congress. Meanwhile, draft boards free from coast to coast report a deluge of enlistees. In- De- I should strangle the guy that maybe say deluge of enlistees. <laughs> Interior, Otto's office, day. Otto is sitting at his desk. Who's Otto again? I talking forget. on the phone as Jessica Knox Nenners. Wendy Otto von Bismarck. What? Otto. What'd you say, Kelly? You know your German autocrats? Otto von Bismarck? Okay. I don't think I understand you. But was who who was Otto before? Probably you. I mean, if we saw an auto in the script, (laughs) who do you think we're going to assign it to? Kelly, obviously. Otto is the the roundest name I've ever heard. (laughs) It's Yeah, it's an O on on either end. And what's in the middle? TT. So, you know. Yeah, I so guess the round guy with the titties has to play that role. With the TTs. All right. I don't remember. Did I do him before? Oh, who gives a shit? No one's listening. All right. <laughs> yeah, the station's going to help organize. No, a- do it, German. Oh. I like Kelly's idea. Yeah, the station's going to help organize the blood drive. And there will be. Oh, okay. wait. Maybe it's bad for the start of World yeah, War II for him to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be German. Yeah. This is a it's a very bad shame what's you know happened. What? You know what? Maybe he's from Trinidad. <laughs> he's just, just just read something. Yeah. Alright. I'll do him I'll do him English. Uh, station's gonna help organize a blood drive, scrap metal drive, and any other kind of drive to drive say drive again, fucker. Jesus. To drive these two bit gangsters back under Mount Fuji. Oh, glad you're here, girls. Let me get back to you. Hangs up. You know, this stinking war... There were like four accents in the case of those like three lines. Yeah. Well, you didn't notice the Canadian one, did you? Because I only did one I only did one word in Canadian. You never noticed the Trevor Suck, did you? You never... You know the, the stinking war, Sean? It changes everything. It's not just the Japs. We're going to we're gonna lock horns with the Krauts, too. Uh, see, it's a good thing we didn't read him as German. Yeah, right. Because then he's like, we're going to lock horns with those Krauts. <laughs> I fucking hate the Krauts. <laughs> Have you read my book? Jessica. You didn't. Oh, did you go to the Lockhorns? I, I did all that stuff. Oh. I know. We've been listening all morning. Mr. Green, I just want you to know we'll do anything we can for the war effort. Anything. I, <laughs> <laughs> I could scream some more. They both give Wendy a look. She shakes her head, wishes she could jump out the window. <laughs> Glad to hear it, Toots. By the way, don't bother packing. We're taking care of it. Jessica and Wendy exchange looks. 
Excuse me? See, the way I look at it, girls, we're in for one hell of a tussle. It's going to be rough going at, going at first, but it's going to be rough going at first. But I know if everyone just pulls together and with a little help from the guy upstairs, we'll win this thing. During this, Otto proceeds to reach up and slide what we now realize is a hairpiece off his head. <laughs> As he does, he slips into a German accent and takes a Luger from his desk drawer. And grind our enemies into the face of the earth! Exterior Broadcast Center Day. Jessica and Otto, who's wearing his hairpiece again, emerge from the building and walk into a dark sedan parked on the curb. Roger appears from around the corner, calls out to her. Jessica! He starts running toward her. She turns to him, pauses a beat, then continues for the car as Roger gets closer. Jesse, it's me! Get in the car, doll. Roger gets there as Otto slams. I don't know what is happening right now. (laughs) Well, he doesn't want... Is he German? No, but, well, no, not really. I think this is all a ruse. I think we're, I think we're finding, we're meeting our Judge Doom type character. Our, our character that isn't like what he says he is. I mean, well, basically what I'm getting at is, is the bad guy of this Roger Rabbit prequel a Nazi? Is Roger going to fight a Nazi? I, well, Roger never fights anybody. Roger befriends. I, you know what I mean? You know, is he, Richie's going to fight is him. Is the conflict going to be with a Nazi? Because that's weird. That's great, actually. <laughs> kind of is more of an homage to the cartoons than, than you would really think. Roger gets there as Otto slams the door on the sedan, pulls out, running over Roger's feet. The car speeds off down the block and Roger starts running after it. Exterior, sedan, day, moving. We see Jessica through the rear window as she slowly turns around. Jessica's POV, Roger. Running after the car in the middle of the street, calling out her name, then fading into the distance. Path A Newswheel. Newsreel. Black and white footage. (laughs) Your reporter, Elmer Fudd. We hear the classic, energetic voice of a newsreel announcer. I actually have the Path A Newsreel. I wish I'd known that because I could have played it here. Oh, well. We're on the move in Europe. We see a montage of battle footage from the world from World War II, featuring artillery units, shelling, and infantry units engaged in ground combat. As the announcer continues, eighteen months after declaring war on the Axis machine, the Allies have a firm foothold on the occupied continent. The fighting rages on for weeks in the Italian seaport of Naples, where U.S. and British troops weather some of the fi- the fiercest battles of the war. Now, the drive northward begins. Here's a couple of our boys showing the Germans what for. Howitzer style. Let them have it, guys. We see a shot of President Roosevelt waving to reporters. While FDR prepares for his upcoming powwow with world leaders in Malta, across the Potomac, the army tests one of its latest weapons at a remote field in Quantico, Virginia. And now a shot of several high-ranking military officers standing next to an arsenal of cannons, guns, bazookas, and mortars, all manned by soldiers in full combat gear. Then the camera pans left to reveal Goofy wearing fatigues, standing in front of a concrete cinder block wall, waving at the soldiers. (laughs) Whoa, how y'all doing? Yes, now we've got Toon Power, a GI who doesn't get tired, doesn't get hungry, and who won't ever say die, because he can't. But would you trust Goofy with a gun? Fuck no, he would kill everybody (laughs) in his infantry. (laughs) Hey, you clearly look like Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) You're right, though, he would, he would, like, 
<laughs> I've I've never played Kingdom Hearts. It's weird for me to think of like Goofy as a badass. <laughs> well, look, it was hard for us to think of Yoda as a badass, but fucking he hopped around the prequels like a little toy. Yeah, so, and you know, that was stupid. It sure and it's, was. It's universally bad, and yeah. no one likes those movies. Well, some people like them. No, no, those aren't people. <laughs> some people like them. Nope, not people. Some beings like them. I guess. Right. The soldiers all raise their weapons and take aim at Goofy, whose <laughs> eyes bulge out of his head. Oh, no! Goofy is blasted by an onslaught of fire pl- <laughs> firepower. I wish they made this movie. The explosions <laughs> shaking the camera. After several seconds of blasting, the smoke clears to reveal Goofy standing there intact with nothing left of the wall, save for the cutout of his shape directly behind him. Ouch! That'd send most of us to bed with a headache, but not this private. Welcome aboard, Dogface. We now see an enormous room in the basement of the Pentagon. We pan across a series of testing booths. Meanwhile, at a research facility in this just-completed Pentagon, exhaustive tests are... Con- I almost said tweets. <laughs> exhaustive. Because, you know, the president tweets, of course. Why wouldn't I think That's that? how he announced his FBI <laughs> director pick. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like a movie, but it's not, Sean. <laughs> the, in this just-completed Pentagon, exhaustive tests are conducted to make sure these tunes really have what it takes. We see an endurance test booth where Chip and Dale are running inside. Where Chip and Dale are around in 1941. Yeah. Oh, where Chip and Dale are running inside Wait. a giant exercise wheel. Maybe not. I'll Google it. Thanks, Kelly. Are running around inside a giant exercise wheel. Then an intelligence test booth where Pluto struggles to fit pegs into holes. Then an allergy test booth where Sneezy is sitting on a chair as a doctor in a white coat holds up various objects which all make him sneeze, and finally a stress test booth where we find Donald Duck in a rage, screaming and sputtering at more doctors from... That's too loud. From inside a plastic cubicle. Update 1943. Thanks. But, you know, uh, maybe they just weren't famous yet. I mean, their prototype was 1943. The Coyote, Roadrunner, and Marvin Martian all appear in Roger Rabbit before they actually were in cartoons. And look, Roger Rabbit was around before he was in the pictures, so we'll let it slide, I guess. Just this once. Whoa, take it easy, fella. They haven't even started yet. We not, you know, that's the thing about Donald Duck, and I've always said this. Donald Duck is the character who's really only good for getting in a fight with a broom. Or a hose. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he just like walks through his life and gets in fight with it, fights with inanimate objects. I do like the cartoon where he, uh, he realizes his voice is just a disaster and he meets some duck that has a, like a, a nice radio voice but looks just like him and he pays him to go on a date with Daisy. And then the Daisy and that duck start dating and then Donald just... Oh, that, that reminds me of the one where you're boring me. You hear that, everybody? Sean uh, told me. I did. We now, That's what that silence means. We now put me in my place. We now see... Hey, if there was an audience, they'd be like, Oh, snap! I need a hype man. Kelly, will you be my hype man? No. All you have to do is Fuck. wear this clock around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> we now see footage of a tune induction center where a line of some of our favorite tunes still wearing... I don't feel like naming them. Just... <laughs> Picture your favorites, whatever. Yeah. Still wearing their civvies are saying goodbye to their girls. 
Mickey Mouse getting a kiss from Minnie. Porky Pig getting bust by Petunia. Petunia. Bust. Okay, I've never I guess she's taken away the dishes from the meals he's finished <laughs> eating. <laughs> Porky Pig getting bust by Petunia, etc. Tunes everywhere are getting the call from Uncle Sam. That's right, son. You're in the army now. Don't worry, girls. They'll be back. And finally, a line of more tunes now wearing GI fatigues and carrying duffel bags walking up the ramp of a troop ship. But first, it's off to Europe, where our Toon Platoon gets ready to take on the Nazi juggernaut. You can bet they'll make those krauts sour. I almost fucking chewed off my own tongue with that pun. Oh, my God. Donald Duck uh. is the last one in line and turns and starts ranting at the camera uh, as the group disappears into the ship. Oh. And don't forget to duck, Donald. Table Reads will return after this brief word from our sponsors. Here at the Prime Podcast, we're dedicated about broadcasting professionalism. Like, really dedicated. Real quick, I know TJ's had to pee for quite a while. Do you need to take a break? Dude, I'm good. Are you sure? <laughs> so you pissed in your mason jar, is that what you're saying? Just keep going with the show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you worry about where the bathroom oh, breaks are. I love your dedication. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes for the sake of the show, man. Listen more at theprimepod.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Since the hobbits threw the ring to that stupid volcano, I've needed a new one. I go to rogueintel.com slash Amazon and I order my new processes. Go, go. TableReadsPodcast.com Lights, camera, action. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Now, 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 back to Table Reads. Now part of the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. Man, this is getting exciting. Yeah. I really like that, uh, that time jump with like 10 minutes of... They did was real footage. They did what they did in Citizen Kane, but not to the effectiveness that Citizen Kane did it because it was like put it right in the beginning where you don't know what's going on and it's also telling you all this stuff and it's effective. Yeah, they, and, they jump straight from yeah. oh hey, Pearl Harbor happened, um, and now we're in the thick of the war <laughs> and Goofy's fighting Nazis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But by the way, this just makes this more I really wish they'd made this movie. Just for this just for this newsreel alone. Yeah, I it's pretty loved. great. <laughs> Kelly, how you liking this? I'm still surprised it wasn't made. Like I'm waiting for it to get like stupidly bad. Or yeah, it, it could it could get bad at the end. I don't. Know, we're we're almost halfway through at this point. Yeah. So there's probably gonna be a five episode total script. Um, but so far it's staying good. It's I mean it's gonna have to work to get bad. Oh, like, it's gonna be more than five. 
We're on our third one right now. Yeah, well, we've done two and a half so far. We have half of this one left, and we're about halfway through the script. So, two and a half and two and a half is five. I bet it'll be at least six. Well, we'll see. Place your bets. Exterior, artillery emplacement, day. We're in Italy at the front lines. A row of howitzer fire, each one creating a huge blast. Oh, a row of howitzers fire, each one creating a huge blast. Their crews reload as we pull back to reveal a valley beneath them. We can see shells exploding around German emplacements on the opposite ridge. You can tell they're German because they're very efficient. Yeah. Exterior, operations tent, day. We hear the sounds of shells exploding in the distance. The tent, which is the command center, is bustling with activity. A radio man near the tent is barking into a field phone. Fox leader to Able Fox 5. Fox leader to Able Fox 5. We're going to be on the move here. Stand by for the word. Colonel DeWitt, 50-ish and all business, barges out of the tent, followed by Lieutenant Mahaffey in his 30s. You, Colonel, I, Lieutenant? Yeah, I thought I was the guy on the radio, but okay, yeah, fine. Uh, well, I mean, there's... Okay, there's I'm sorry. Go ahead. characters. What yeah, are we going to do? Sorry. Uh, you want me to be Colonel? You want me to, you want to be you, Colonel? You be the Colonel, because he's older. Okay. Then as soon as the 61st Division clean, clears out that ridge, we send the 23rd and 35, 35th Light Armor through the valley. If we get through to proposed... Oh, I'm sorry. What is, this? What is that? Prosetti? 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 Pro- Prosetti. I like Prosetti. If we get through to Prosetti, we can cut we can cut that Jerry supply line right down the middle. Sir, the 61st has never seen action. You sure they can handle this? You bet your butt they can, Lieutenant. I have total confidence in those boys. Fox leader. What? Talk it up. You're, you're, not, re- you're not reading here. Mark my words, son. That unit is going to change the face of the... Colonel? What? You better get that. You better get out to that ridge, Colonel. Exterior Ridge Valley Day. The artillery units continue to fire. A jeep pulls up. DeWitt and Mahaffey hop out and approach an artillery officer who's been looking out at the valley through binoculars. This may not be working out, sir. (laughs) He points to the ridge. DeWitt steps up to it, looks out at the Prosetti Valley. This is some great war music. Yeah. Where in the distance, we see dozens of tiny figures darting about the open field in a ridiculously haphazard fashion. Oh. (laughs) Sorry, the music's just fucking... No, this works now. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Uh, They're supposed to be engaging the, the krauts on the far ridge. What the hell are they doing? I believe they're frolicking, sir. <laughs> DeWitt grabs the binoculars, looks through them. DeWitt's POV, through binoculars. A little redundant. Where we see the division of crazed tunes, including Daffy Duck, taunting the German artillery as shells explode all around him. You want to do Daffy or should I do Daffy? Miss me! <laughs> a shell hits nearby. Oh, so you want to play rough, huh? <laughs> He whips out a hand grenade, sticks it in his mouth, jerks it out and hurls it, only to realize that he's thrown the pin while the real grenade is still in his teeth. Mother. Well, you would, he would have said it more like, Mother. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, yeah. he's conflating two eras of Daffy Duck here anyway. That's true. Yeah, he is putting... But no one else but us would know that, John. Yosemite Sam, know. who runs by as Daffy explodes, <laughs> waving his blazing six shooters over his head, shooting at everything <laughs> and everybody. Ah! 
Stupid. I was gonna do it, but okay. I wanted to do Sam. All right, I guess I'll do Tasmanian Devil then. I'm the rootinest, tootinest outlaw these schnitzel stuffing polecats ever laid eyes on. I think you're seeing now why why Mel Blanc and and, and Mo yes. Lamarche needed to be done at the end of the week. The Tasmanian Devil, who we first see tearing around and nowhere near being invented. As, no, a, as a creator like another 10 years yeah <laughs> uh, who we first see tearing around as a cyclone sucking in more German shells before they hit the ground it stops spinning to reveal him clutching a handful of shells he gobbles them all up then rubs his stomach then he explodes inflating to 20 times his size then quickly returning to normal embarrassed he daintily puts his hand over his mouth Baden. back to scene as DeWitt and Mahaf- Mahaffey watch them, nonplussed. My God, they're Looney Tunes. <laughs> they didn't do this in training, goddammit. They don't seem to want to hurt anybody for real, sir. Well, that's just great. Okay, let's scrub this. Get me Colonel Trumbull on the horn. Walks get rid of... Th- huh? Walks back to Jeep. And get rid of those freaks! Exterior trench day. The left flank. We hear artillery and machine gun fire. We pan across a line of young GIs crouched in the trench. Hey, Kelly, why don't you just be a GI? Okay. Just one. Come on, GI Jane. Hey, we still hated women at this point. Yeah. Well, not, yeah, but come on, you're a. Just just put on your manliest voice and be first GI. We supposed to sit here all day? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rosie the Riveter, go ahead. Way to be. I don't know. Way to be feminine. I don't know. Sarge says we're waiting for new orders. <laughs> I wish I could stand up and get some sleep. <laughs> Sergeant Dungan, a burly guy about 40, hops into the trench. <laughs> this is great music. <laughs> we just got word from Fox Leader. We're moving out. Into the valley, Sarge? That's right, Private Boop. (laughs) No, the 61st screwed up Royal. Now we got to swing north and take that hill. Hill? Wait, off screen? Private Richie Davenport pokes his head up from the end of the trench. What hill? The sergeant points, and Richie reacts to Mount Alba. Jessica. He's I would mount, definitely he's mount Jessica Alba. I was going to say he's going to fuck Jessica Alba. <laughs> a tow- uh, fuck Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, right. Um, a towering snow-capped peak in the distance. But I was told we were going to take the valley. We always take the valleys. The Jerry's are swarming all over it, kid. They got six battalions and over a hundred cannons. I don't mind. <laughs> Look, I, I just think that once you've decided on a plan of action, you should... Baker Company, Charlie Company, let's move out! The soldiers leap out of the trench and start running. Richie grabs his rifle, cusses to himself, and follows them. Exterior, mountain trail, day. You know, you can just leave the actor decide what the cuss is going to be. <laughs> yeah. Those fucking cunt bags! <laughs> Exterior, mountain trail, day. That's what the original Roger Rabbit missed. They needed more of the word cunt bags. Yeah. <laughs> and just what was she doing with her hands all over you? I don't know. She's a fucking cunt. <laughs> She's a cunt bag, you know. Um, exterior mountain trail. Day. A thin path winds its way along the steep face of the mountain. Sorry, the music got hey, to it me. It works, man. We continue to hear artillery fire. 
A moment, then a GI comes into frame, his back against the granite wall, sidestepping his way up the pass. He is followed by two more GIs, then the sergeant, with their backs against the wall. Next comes Richie. Only his face is against the wall. Exterior footbridge, day. Rickety and fragile. It hangs over a ravine, several hundred feet below. Richie's company arrives at the far end. Richie takes one look at it and freezes. Okay, girls, one at a time. Let's go, let's go! Across this thing, it looks like it's strung up with spaghetti. (laughs) Suddenly we hear machine gun fire. A few bullets ricochet nearby and they dive for cover. Do they have lasers in Yeah. <laughs> you got a line, Trevor. Stop I'm... playing with the sounds. Does that answer your question? Move it! Dungan jumps on the bridge as a few of the soldiers return fire with their M16s. They quickly move across. Richie closes his eyes and moves with them, only he crawls so slowly that the entire company passes him by. Also, they would have been using Thompson submachine guns in World War II, mm-hmm. not M16s, which didn't really come about until Vietnam. Yes, the Thompson family fame fortune is based on that. Um, Soon uh, they're all on the other side. They quickly move across. Richie closes his eyes and moves with them, only he crawls so slowly that the entire company passes him by. Soon they're all on the other side. The sergeant turns and reacts. Richie is only a third of the way across, frozen. The machine gun fire intensifies. Davenport! Present, sir! What the hell are you doing? It's okay, sir! Go on without me! I'll be fine! Just get your ass over here! I can't! Kelly. Sarge, they're all over us! Epstein, let's get back! Let's get him! God damn it! Sarge back across the bridge. The two soldiers move back across the bridge as the other GIs crouch low, trapped there, trying to return fire. Exterior, dirt road, day. As a line of troops trudge along on their way to... Prosetti. Prosetti. Richie's unit has biovacked near the side of the road. uh, Relaxing and trying to cook a hot meal. Richie has just finished packing up his gear. The first GI steps up to him. We hear the song, I'll Be Seeing You, on a background radio. Hey, cheer up. I'd sell my sister to get out of here. Yeah. See ya. Richie starts walking, passes the rest of his unit, most of whom choose to ignore him. He arrives at the side of a road... At the side... He arrives at the side of road... Okay, yeah, that, sure. wasn't, that wasn't me fucking up. At the side of a road as a caravan of covered supply trucks passes. Sergeant Dungan flags one of them down. The driver is... The driver... The, the driver, Jesus. The driver is Corporal Chapin, 30-ish. You headed south? This guy needs a lift. That's you, Kelly. What? Chapin, that's I'm, you. All right. You clearly Chapin. have a Chapin kind of thing. I'm clearly a corporal. Yeah. Say it again? I'm sorry. Hop in, buddy. Richie hesitates, turns to Dungan. Sarge, I swear, I wasn't scared of the... Forget it, kid. Richie gets into the truck. We follow Dungan. Dungan is a weird name. It sounds like he's a Dungan. Let's just change it to Dungan. (laughs) 
I mean, I, if his name is Dungan, I think you should read him as a Gungan. Yeah. Dungan the Gungan. <laughs> Misa no like Nazis. Misa no like my name. <laughs> um, we follow Dungan as he walks back to his company, heating up their K-rations over a makeshift fire. A few are listening, somewhat amused, to the portable radio, sitting next to their field phone. The sergeant passes. Hey, hey, can that Nazi crap? But Sarge, it's the only... Wait, uh, no, he was, like, from Brooklyn. But Sarge, it's the only station we get. Points to radio. And that sexy broad's coming on. Try not to let her wash what's left of your brain, Drabinsky. The Sarge... Drabinsky. <laughs> Drabinsky is one of those last names of a, of a douchebag that you just have to say. It's always like a ski. It's always yeah. some kind of, like, you know, good one, Kowalski, you know? <laughs> <laughs> The Sarge crosses away as a few guys chuckle at Drabinsky. The song finishes and we hear a familiar sultry voice. Fucking Drabinsky. <laughs> that was I'll Be Seeing You going out to all you cute guys in the 9th Regiment. This is Axis Annie, hoping you'll be seeing your loved ones back home very soon. After all, isn't home where you'd rather be right now? <laughs> no. Interior Not supply truck day moving. Richie sits next to Chapin, which should be Chaplin. In my head, every time it's Chaplin, I know. and I have to like cut out Duncan that Duncan and Chaplin. That's what they, their name should be. <laughs> um, as the truck bumps along the dirt road, he's just looking out the window, depressed. So, what happened? You get wounded or something? Yeah, or something. They're shipping me to some supply depot outside Naples. You gonna do the same place as the fruitcake fruitcake brigade? They're shipping all the gays out too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the fruitcake brigade. Yeah, I guess they figure if they can't fight, they can scrape toilets and peel potatoes. That's what we. That's who we got in all these trucks. Huh? Suddenly, the truck ahead of them hits a large shell crater in the in the road. It bounces off the ground and explodes one of its occupants through the camouflage tarp in the back. Corporal Chapin hits the brakes, but it's too late. We hear a thud. The two men react as we see Roger Rabbit, Uh who is now once again plastered across the entire windshield. Yeah! That was was Schultz, not Roger. Yeah, who the fuck is Schultz? Where did Schultz come from? Schultz! Like, there's no Schultz here. The the guy who created Peanuts is driving the van. (laughs) I think that's supposed to be Chapin. Yeah, Chapin Schultz. I don't know. Richie! Exterior supply truck day long shot as the truck rolls along in the middle of the caravan We see Roger still draped on the hood and hear Richie his voice Trailing off into the distance damn it damn it god damn it damn it (laughs) Exterior Naples supply base day A supply center servicing the thousands of troops on the front lines now 50 miles away a sign at the front gate reads, 5th Army Supply Depot. We see a couple of C-47 cargo planes on final approach as the caravan of trucks moves toward the front gate and hear a truckload of tunes singing... We all have to do this one together. Yeah. This is most... 68 bottles of beer on the wall! 68 bottles of beer! If one of those bottles should happen to fall! Interior supply truck, day, moving. Roger sits in between Richie and Chapin, wearing ill-fitting fatigues and a helmet which flattens his ears against his back. Richie looks out the window, trying very hard not to listen. You know, Sean, me and you don't sing together anymore. It's sad. (laughs) Anyway, I tried to jump 
I tried to jump up right away. Join up. Join up even. But hey, I can't read. I have cataracts. All right, where are we? Rabidacts. Rabidacts. <laughs> anyway, I tried to join up right away, but they wouldn't take me. So I started in a few, I started in a few movies. You should try it sometime. It's fun. We see Richie trying to restrain himself. Provided you're not a Negro. <laughs> uh, exterior supply truck day drive by. The Negro line is it's not in the by. script. Just to be yeah, clear, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it does. It is appropriate though. As it moves through to the, were there any black people in that movie? Uh, yeah. Remember the guy without the arm? The when he wipes the the. Dip? Oh. The yeah 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 the guy in the the janitor in the yeah. the terminal bar, um he just got laid off from the red car yeah yeah he was yeah. also passed out on the table no, no no he's the guy who told him about the guy on the table because that guy was passed out in his beer and he goes oh that's right what's with what's with Earl new outfit bought the red car some new company called Cloverleaf cutbacks this <laughs> yeah put the poor guy on two weeks notice <laughs> so that's it that's yeah that's the that's the one black character in Roger Rabbit but to be fair he wasn't. He, him being black had nothing to do with his character, so it was it was justified. It wasn't like, hey, look, we're putting a black in everybody. Well, yeah, but it was still like a black. Hey, there were no no black people in Los Angeles in 1947, yeah. right? They were, but they had their own bar, <laughs> <laughs> the Ink and Paint Club. Only it was just called the Ink Club because even the owners were racist. Oh yeah, and Donald Duck did call a, Daffy well, the N word, didn't he? He actually says dog on stubborn little, but yeah, it does sound like it that's, does. It that's does, all I it can does hear. sound like it. It does sound like he says the N-word. Dog on stubborn little. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. I like I, I watched it last week and yeah. I was like Yeah, it's, oh, it's, yeah it really does sound like it. That. It does sound like it. And Daffy gets the most off model, I think. N- no. With the hair and the anyway. No. Moving on. Yeah, this is getting <clears> real in. <throat> Uh, Richie trying to restrain, restrain himself Supply truck day drive by As it moves through the gate and away from us We continue to hear Roger droning on Where are we? Oh but then I got drafted Is yeah. that right? Okay. But then I got Oh this is off, off screen I'm sorry And it's we oh. But then we got drafted At long last I got a chance to do my duty Damn my torpedoes Hoist my P-tard? P-tard? What's a P-tard? I don't know Kelly what's a P-tard? I don't know if I want to Google that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that in my history. <laughs> Exterior barracks area, day. The barrack buildings are Spartan, barrack. made out of corrugated tin. <laughs> Corporal Dewey, oh, is it that? Dude? Sorry. Corporal Dewey, about 20, stands at the back of the supply truck as several tunes hop out mm. over the tailgate, one by one. He's reading last Apparently names. Apparently it's a small bomb. Okay. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah. You hoist them. It's, how do a, you, it's a hoistable bomb. It's a hoistable bomb, and how do you pronounce it? Is it petard or petard? Or? Well, apparently it's a phrase from Shakespeare, when you hoist your own petard, hmm. to be harmed by one's own plan to harm someone else, or to fall on your own trap. Oh, that makes that line really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> tunes hop out over the tailgate one by one. He's reading last names from a list on a clipboard. Woodpecker, W... Mouse, M, Pig, P, you're in barracks six. Feline, B. B, feline? I don't know. Rabbit, R. Turtle, S. Davenport, R. Barracks seven. Richie crosses over as Dewey continues. 
Moose B, Dwarf S, Dwarf G, Bowling Dwarf Club. D. <laughs> hey, buddy, I'm not bunking with these things. <laughs> I'll bet you're Davenport. That's what this says, so that's what you do. Yeah, well, who the hell's in charge here? Why is he Marty McFly all of a sudden? He always was. <laughs> oh, okay. You're really doing up the Marty boys, though. <laughs> like, in, like recently, you kicked it up a notch. Hands him the clipboard. You are. Off his look. Here are the assignments. Have fun, General. He chuckles a bit and walks away as Richie sighs, looks down at the clipboard, and takes over. <sighs> okay. Dwarf G. Dwarf B. Hound A. Oh, screw it. Everybody just get out of the damn truck. I'll post your barracks over here. <laughs> Richie walks over and hangs the clipboard on a nail on the front of the barracks, and we see the tail of a small plane gingerly backing out over the tailgate of the truck. Then the right wing, then the left. Presently, Pee-wee, a polite and extremely timid tune biplane, gets off and walks over to him. Kelly, you should be Pee-wee. Excuse me? Where do I sleep? I don't know. You're a plane. You you stay outside. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Wait. Why is it suddenly back to Corporal Dewey? I think it's supposed to be Richie. Richie. I'm not a sir. What are you doing riding on the truck? I'm afraid to fly. (laughs) (laughs) The plane walks away on its wheels as Richie just shakes his head, not quite believing his fate. That's funny. Interior barracks day. A cramped room. No, it's it's possessive. It belongs to the president, the former president. It's Barack's. Oh yeah. A cramped room with four cots and a single bulb hanging from the ceiling. Swifty Turtle, one of the bunkmates, is methodically making up his bed. Swifty is... Swifty Turtle? I've never heard of Swifty Turtle. Uh, It's probably some fucking shitty, uh, silly symphonies character. Yeah, maybe it's the turtle from... uh, Maybe it's supposed to be the turtle from... uh, that's Cecil. Cecil, yeah, be turtle. Uh, Swifty is pleasant, but a bit slow on the uptake, with the voice and demeanor reminiscent of... Oh, maybe he's new. With a voice and demeanor reminiscent of Mortimer Snurd. That's very helpful. Thank you for that reference. (laughs) Richie is unloading his gear on his bunk as Roger walks around him, excited. Isn't this the bee's knees, Rumi? Just like old times. Nothing from Richie. I fluffed your pillow just the way you like it. I would have warmed up your milk, but it isn't bedtime yet. And even if it was, I don't have any milk. But if I did, I'd... Just be quiet, okay, Roger? Why so glum, chum? We got some swell bunkmates. There's this real hep cat named Blackie. And and that Swifty over there... It's, uh, nice to meet you, Richie. Swifty! Show them show all the swell stuff you got under your shell. Oh, nope, 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 nope. Not going to do it. Nope, nope. Okay, so he's Beaky oh. Buzzard, but yeah. he's a turtle. Wait, you got to do, you gotta do the, 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 the pause and then the last nope, remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, nope, 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 nope. Not going to do it. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> Come on, it'll be fun. I don't care about his goddamn shell. I don't care if he's got a floating crap game in there. But, Richie. Uh, Roger, I think uh, perhaps maybe Richie uh, would like to be... uh, Left alone is what you mean. Not bugged, unmolested, left to his own devices. 
He's picking up Rogers. Yeah. Uh, Richie storms out as Roger reacts and Swifty continue, continues. Considers. Considers. Mm-hmm. We got. We're in overtime now, by the way. We got an hour or an hour and three. Oh, whatever you say, buddy. Well, nope. That's <laughs> not it. Nope. Exterior barracks day. Richie exits, slamming the screen door. Corporal Dewey and a couple of other GIs are passing in front of the barracks. Oh, is that me? I'm sorry. Uh, I think I... Uh, I think you're him. No, you, you were Corporal Dewey. Hey, Napoleon Nutcake. <laughs> as soon as you get your freaks unpacked, we got about six tons of Idaho spuds to peel. Richie glares at Dewey, who chuckles and keeps walking. Blacky cat? Who's Blacky cat? Kelly. Uh, it's a boy. Is it? That's never stopped you before. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Oh, oh, can you do a pronounced Brooklyn accent? Yeah, there you go. Uh, not under pressure. Uh, yeah, how do you say Psst with a Brooklyn accent? <laughs> Richie turns. Blackie Cat, a roguish Brooklyn tune feline, leans against the wall of the barracks, chewing on a toothpick. Blackie speaks with a pronounced Brooklyn accent. My cod. He hands Richie a business card which reads Blackie F. Cat. Paths crossed, 50 simoleons. What about it? Richie looks up. Blackie is gone. <laughs> he turns to see Dewey walking toward the base PX. After a beat, Blackie emerges from behind another barracks and blithely skips in front of Dewey, crossing his path. Instantly, hundreds of raw potatoes come showering into frame from out of nowhere, <laughs> creaming Dewey on the head and burying him up to his shoulders. Dewey looks up, totally confused. Richie reacts to this. Blackie casually strolls by. Yeah. Whoever fucking wrote this, I forget who we said who it was, but they clearly know cartoons. That yeah. is, This is so fucking well written, man. I want to shit on it, but we can't. <laughs> Just said the day ain't a total loss. Exterior, supply base, day, various. We see the Toon Platoon. <gasps> finally, hey, the we finally get to our, Yeah. Uh, we see the Toon Platoon engaged in a number of menial chores. A Toon runs another Toon up a flagpole so he can polish the top <laughs> as Richie, standing at the bottom, makes a check on his clipboard. Several Toons including Pee-wee the Plane, are washing grime off, a real one, using Dumbo to hose it down. <laughs> the Tasmanian Devil has a paintbrush in each hand. He dips them in two cans of green and yellow paint. A tank drives up and the Tasmanian Devil turns into a cyclone moving all over the tank and then pulling away to reveal it freshly yeah, we camouflaged. Get it. It's the Tasmanian Devil. It's the scene from Space Jam. Okay, fuck you. Two soldiers. So this was written before Space Jam. Was it really? Yeah, okay, this was written like immediately maybe after that's where that's, Roger Rabbit. Maybe that's where the scene comes from because I, I don't. That is a very Tasmanian Devil thing to do, and I can't, in good conscience, think that the writers of Space Jam knew what they were doing at any point, at any time ever. So they probably no, did they steal didn't. it. They probably stole it from this. Um, fuck them. We, we are getting. We're getting on to the end here. Okay, so. Let's read up to this point right here. Okay. All right. So, um, wait. Okay. Gotcha. Um, uh, Tasmanian Devil uh, camouflage. Okay. Two soldiers stand in a field as a few tunes dangling from parachutes land around them. 
A moment, then a tune splats face down on the ground in front of them, an unopened parachute still on its back. One of the soldiers stamps dud on the unopened chute. Exterior, barracks area, day. Richie stands outside of the base PX with a canvas sack. A number of excited tunes are crowded around him as he takes letters from the sack, reads the names on the envelope. Coyote! Hound! Le Pew! Richie continues calling names, handing out letters. <laughs> Exterior, barracks area, day. A few minutes later, Roger is the only one left in front of Richie who holds up one more letter. Roger looks hopeful. Gonzalez! <laughs> Speedy Gonzalez races into frame, snatches the letter, and zips out of frame as Richie folds up the sack. Twelve years again before he's ever done a cartoon. Sorry, that's it. Roger is crestfallen. A tear wells up in his eye as he slowly trudges away. <laughs> Richie sighs, catches up, and they walk together. Not only do I not have a mother not to write to me, I don't even have a true love not to write to me. If it makes you feel any better, I didn't get one either. It's time to wake up and smell the carrot juice. She's gone, Richie. She threw me over that day. Over? Yeah, that's a phrase. Okay. That was a phrase. <laughs> okay. She threw me over that day and shipped out to Shangri-La with that big shot boss of hers. <laughs> She's sitting under the apple tree with someone else but me. Come on, Roger. Look, maybe Jessica's been busy. Maybe she doesn't have time to write. <laughs> you really think so? <laughs> sure. I mean, I bet she's working all day in a factory someplace. Helping with the war effort. Fade out. All right. Well, um, Kelly... We're going to start our next episode with some Jessica. I can see that right here. So, Ooh, that's a good so you won't be sitting around bored waiting for your lines. You'll probably like have some lines and then get bored. So that'll be I a nice, be change, a nice of change of pace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need we need more Kelly. We need a I said no one ever. Well, no, no. People really people actually do love you. Yeah. I mean, my mom. I'm personally, I'm personally starting a campaign to replace to replace uh, Sean with you and me. So just like you know, we lose me and Sean, we gain you. Just it's th- a very quiet, very boring. Three Kellys. Podcast. Three Kellys. There you go. That would be a great way to go. So um, I want to remind everybody um, to check out the Rogue Intel shows and to uh, you know. When you go to when you go to buy stuff from Amazon, instead of going straight to Amazon, go to rogintel.com slash Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way, we get a little kickback from your purchases. It doesn't cost you a penny. Uh, you still get all your same great deals. I just bought a treadmill. It's a great way to contribute at to... At rogintel.com slash Amazon. It's a great way to contribute to this, your 58th favorite podcast. Yes. <laughs> Man. Could I have picked a harder number to, to it, say? It's a It's a... An optimistic number. It is. But it's Very still optimistic. difficult. 58th. And 58th. Kelly has changed her Instagram username. Ah, uh, Kelly. To something I have. easier. You've been stalking. What? Yes. 
I needed something that would not trace me back to my LinkedIn. There's some weirdos out there. Oh, so, um, I, I, I want to apologize. Also, Kelly for that. still uses Just LinkedIn. Step all over my joke. All right. Sorry. Uh, my mom is a recruiter, so it is beaten into me. Yes. A recruiter for LinkedIn. For yeah, for Abraham Lincoln specifically. <laughs> Abraham LinkedIn. <laughs> that's their that's their mascot. <laughs> Kelly, what's your new Instagram? It is X and then Kira, K-I-R-A, Kelly, K-E-L-O-Y. X Kira Kelly. And Mm -hmm. I can tell you that uh, there are some cool new pictures of her as uh, Dark Phoenix. Because we went to Momocon recently and uh, she had an awesome suit. She could not text anybody because her gloves did not come off. (laughs) Yeah, it was awful. But kind of like, you know, freeing. Well, that's cool. And Kelly, you make all your you make all your own costumes, right? No, that one I didn't. Um, so I'm going to be debuting it this not this weekend, but the next weekend um, with seven foot wings. So I'll have made the wings, but I commissioned the suit from a fantastic um, designer out in California. Well, all right, all right, all right, all right. Trevor would like you uh, since we're doing Roger Rabbit. Um, I think that it's really important to tell people that Trevor is um, in his persona as the Looney Tunes critic posting every Saturday morning. That's right. A Looney Tunes commentary. A Looney Tunes critic commentary. And sometimes I'm joined by you, Sean. Yes. And it's actually a lot of fun. And, and people are, are really demanding it. I mean, like I've had people say, you guys need to do this more than just once a week. And I was like, that's nice. But no. Well, <laughs> keep make them keep them wanting more. Fuck you greatly, Mister <laughs> Internet Stranger. <laughs> well, no, because they want more. That's what it is. They like what we do. Yeah, um, but man, like, how much time do people have? Yeah, well, you know, people people are into binging. So if they see one thing they like, they like it more. If there's twenty more things of that thing that they can watch right after it. I guess it doesn't take us a long time to do them. No, there's six, seven minutes a piece. You know, and there there are two thousand <laughs> cartoons we can do. Yeah, yeah. Because somebody, somebody was uh, we had a few requests, and I was just like, well, look, if we don't get it to it, you know, within the next few months, just just hang around, man. We're, we we got to get to the point where it gets ungainly, and yeah, we're yeah. like, we don't remember which ones we've done right. because <laughs> we're not doing them in any order. No, or, like we're just like, which ones are good? That's what I said to you today. I was like, pick eight. Yeah, <laughs> any eight. Which one do you want to do? They were good eight, though. They were. They were. All right. The should- ones we do at the end when they start when we start doing shitty cartoons. That's you know that's when you know we're at the end of the of Wait, the. Uh, we'll end up doing the Night Watchman, which is a oh, real fucking God. shitty cartoon. We'll start doing the Cool Cat cartoons. But it's like it's like this is Chuck Jones's first cartoon, and we have nothing more to say about yeah. it. It's well animated. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's it's worthy of some of Disney's best animation, but that's about it. So why don't we skedaddle? Let's get out of here, and we'll see everybody next Are week. Are we? Is, I don't know. Okay. Kelly, nope. hang out for a second, okay? Don't go anywhere. All right, fine. The voice of Table Reads is Art Carlson. Hey, that's kind of meta. Meta. This podcast was created by Sean McBee and produced by Ferris Wheelhouse. FerrisWheelhouse.net <laughs> Fuck. Cut to black. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.